Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs! My name is Sky, and I'm joined with my brother Dusty. Dusty, you know, I was kind of worried about you. Are you doing okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Are you? How are you? Are you doing okay? Yeah, you know, thank goodness I'm okay too. Nothing bad happened to me. But I was wondering, did you get hurt or anything? Are you doing okay? Oh, you know, no, no, I'm not hurt. But yeah, no, I'm doing good. I, everything's just fine. Oh, how are you doing? Are, yeah, how are you, you doing? Know, I'm fine. I mean, I've got four arms or two arms and two legs. Everything's cool. But how about you? I mean, is your family good? Yeah, yeah, no, we're good. We're, we're, we're absolutely good, <laughs> good man. <laughs> So, you know, this was my movie. And uh, before we get started talking about One Cut of the Dead, I've got to say to the audience, if you're listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, I highly recommend stop it right now if you have not seen the movie already, because this is a movie that needs to be seen to be enjoyed. It's not good enough just to listen to two dudes talking about it. Now, Dusty, looking at him on the screen, he might have a different opinion. I absolutely (laughs) love this movie. So, Dust, what do you think of it? Oh my goodness. So I had no idea what to expect. You you basically told me and said, Hey, we gotta watch it if everybody listening. Like that's the first time I ever heard of One Cut from the Dead was our previous episode where we did that. And you know, we were talking about a, a movie and then all of a sudden he said, You know, one cut of the dead. I've not I've never heard of it. He said, Okay, it's basically an uh zombie movie where people are recording zombie movies and then zombies actually attack. I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. Oh my goodness. The only redeeming factor was the last like um, 20, no, maybe even like five minutes where it's kind of like, you know, you're figuring things out. Oh, it was so really? boring. I I literally fell asleep. I honestly literally fell asleep in the first, I want to say it was like the first 15 minutes. After the 50, first 15 minutes, and we're just kind of sitting around and the lady's doing the pum, you know, like that yeah, yeah. pum, like over and over again. I'm like, what are we watching? I'm... A, and I fell asleep. I paused it. I turned. I rented it on um, Amazon, and I stopped it. I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. I'm so tired. I laid on my bed, took a nap, and then woke up like 30 minutes later. Like, okay, let me watch it again. And then I watched it. I I had to start fast forwarding through it. I'm like, okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. But this is so horribly done. But then he, obviously you you understand the whole process once they get into the middle part. The middle part I was like, okay, it's changing. You know, it's a little bit different. Okay, that's interesting that they're talking about the script, you kind of get the back history, which is rather interesting. And then you see everything that, you know, all the, 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 like you said, the only redeeming factor is all the things that the director had to put up with, everybody had to put up with, like the the drunk guy, the his wife getting so into the, that she actually becomes crazy. Those are only redeeming factors, but oh my, I don't, okay, you got to tell me what am I missing because it was such a uh, snooze fest. It is such a fun movie. You watch that very first act, right? The, the movie's basically divided into three acts, normal three-act structure, with the first act being the actual 30-minute show that they aired on television at 1 p.m. The second act was the lead-up. The third act was the kind of behind the scenes of the show. And so you watch that first act, and I didn't know anything about the movie. I just heard that it was the best zombie movie ever from other people. So I started watching it, right? Um, and I didn't know anything that it was like, oh, no, I think I did know at the time the same thing you did, that it was going to be people recording a zombie movie and 
and then the zombie outbreak happens. That's all I knew. And so I went into it thinking, oh my gosh, this is kind of weird. What are they doing? What are these weird pauses? Why are they acting all funny? Why are they talking about this stuff? And then when the movie flipped in, in act two, like you said, you start to learn, okay, well, these are actual people. Now, this is their real life. You can tell by the way the movie's shot. Now it's normal cameras. They're watching the action, panning, cutting and stuff, you know? Um, so you, you understand what's going on and how this director was, you know, his mission to make this movie happen. And then the third act is where everything gets paid off, all of the weird stuff that you thought, what is going on in the first one? You understand why everything is happening. And then you understand how the director goes from being kind of an insecure uh, a yes man can never say no, uh, allowing everybody to step on him like he has artistic I guess, desires and dreams, but then with the, I guess, with the TV industry and stuff and his personality, he's never able to express himself. But finally, in this movie, he's able to take charge, become the director on the scene, the director behind the scenes, and create a fan, a fantastic movie. And I just love the whole outplay of uh, just, just the entire thing, storytelling and everything, three-act structure, absolutely loved it. I, I am shocked that you didn't like it and how uh, it seems like the beginning of the movie, that weird first act kind of threw you for a loop and then you decided to not like it from that point forward. I, you are 100% right because I had no clue. Like there was no lead up to anything of what was going on. I was just like, this is like a, and I, I completely get it. It's, um, it's helping you to, to see the three different acts. I completely get that. But the first one was so choppy and so like, and you can, you know, the reason why they're like waiting, somebody should be coming out. But me as the viewer, as I'm watching this, I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. Like literally it all didn't make sense. It was just like, they're making a horrible, like not even a B movie. You're not even a C movie, like a Z movie, like a zombie movie, but it's a Z. It's like the worst movie ever. They're doing a horrible job. And so as I, I think from that point, I was expecting something different. That could be it because I had zero expectations or knowledge of what is going on. But like I said, the only redeeming factor is once you're very, you're done, you're understanding, oh, oh, that's why this happened. Oh, that's why that happened. Oh, I can see the director literally holding up the drunk guy, waving his arms and stuff like that, like Weekend at Bernie's almost. Um, I can definitely see how that plays out. And you're like, oh, that was actually interesting how that played out. But I, I, I think for me, the storytelling was so rough. You know, it, and also it could very well be that I'm reading the subtitles. That also is something that was like, you know what, that's, it was one extra barrier for me to really get into it, even though I read it just fine, but it was so choppy. Like we're just sitting there looking at him and I'm waiting. And there all of a sudden the guy says, Hey, do you have any hobbies? Oh yes, I do. Pum. Yeah. <laughs> Pum. And I was like, what? And we, okay. Pausing that. So pausing my, I want to say distinct. Yeah. I, 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 my grade is not going to be very high for this movie, but I have seen, so our dad, so everybody listening to this on the podcast, you'll hear our dad. He's the one with the deep voice and he's the one saying, you know, welcome to the show and all that sort of stuff. He loves watching NHK. If you go and look for NHK, it's actually a streaming service of video or um, TV from Japan. And so he loves watching it. He That's all he watches, literally all he watches. And I've seen him watch, uh, I guess, episodes or something where... Literally, they're teaching something just like that, and it's as horrific as you see in this movie, where the person says, "Okay, so somebody's going to attack you from behind." the The main thing is to say "palm." That, that, that if you do anything, if you just say "palm," that's going to make everything better. And then you dip, and then you raise your arms up, and 
you're going to get away. Like every single time, the only way they're going to grab you is from behind like this. And then if you raise your arms, that's how it, it's literally that horrific. Like, like nobody is ever going to actually live if they did that. So well, I was laughing hard when I saw that. I was like, oh, that's where she learned it. I've seen you know episodes like that. And our dad watches that. And he's kind of like, he's taking notes. I'm like, dad, are you serious? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> so yeah, all that combined with, with everything, it did, you know, bring some memories and bring me thinking about a certain stuff. It was just, I think the storytelling, um, in the end made it enjoyable. Like it brought it up from like a horrible grade to just like, uh, uh instead of a minus to a, to an actual grade. But anyways, what, what, what I just, I, I'm failing to see like how entertaining, like going into this, how did it get to be so entertaining to you? Well, you start the movie. So like I said, I went into it with the knowledge that filming a movie zombies attack and I didn't know that there would be anything beyond that so I was watching that first 30 minutes thinking that wow if this is going to go on for another hour something really cool has got to happen at some point right for people to be talking <laughs> You're optimistic. about optimistic movie and then so I kept watching it and then all of a sudden it cut you know with the camera going up and then seeing her with the pentagram beneath her and then it cut to one month earlier and then it totally changed and just it just flipped all of my expectations. I didn't have any expectations leading into it, not much. But it just it was just such interesting, incredible storytelling, taking the end product and then showing how it built up to get to that end product. And I thought that was interesting. And you're right, the big payoff does come the final 20, 30 minutes or so when you see the behind the scenes of them making it and all the stuff that the director, his daughter, his wife was going through behind the scenes, the other crew members, the producer, all that stuff. I just absolutely love it. They paid off what was a really weird things, crazy things that happening, but everything that happened now, once that final 30 minutes happens, you understand, oh, that makes sense why they're doing the things that they're doing, you know? And then the whole idea that it's just a cheap, uh, you know, brand new uh, uh, zombie or horror television show and we want to do this special thing that's never been done before and they pulled it off, right? With all these challenges, all these constraints, they still pulled it off. And that's what I love about it. It's like, it's basically like a feel-good ending, right? There was a rift between father and daughter and then through this two-hour or yeah, two-hour ordeal with getting the show done. They they were brought back together. The wife got to, uh, I guess, maybe relive her dreams of being an actress again. I mean, just all all together, happy ending. You see everybody at the end of the movie, they're all relieved, like, oh, we pulled it off. We did a great job. And I just, I love movies that end happily like this, even though it was a zombie movie <laughs> filled with blood. I mean, you've never seen, no other zombie movie has as much blood in it, I don't think, but I absolutely loved it. So... I think if they would have made the first 30 minutes much less um, uh, arduous to watch, like if they made it actually entertaining and have something that's because in the very last, you know, the last 30 minutes, you see the reasons why they had to do certain things, but they could have made it so much better instead of making it just like, man, this is literally somebody who just has their phone and they're saying, okay, now let's do this. If if they made it a little more, um, I don't know, engaging or better. If they would have made it better, that that would have helped grab me towards the middle. But Once I got to the middle, I was like Japanese TV, like you said. You've seen dad watching some really sketchy sketchy's not the right word, just poor quality, poor storytelling type of stuff. That's what this is emulating, right? This is what they would actually do. This is the kind of story that would be told. So for me, it makes total sense. It fits in with the current Japanese television culture. Ah. Uh, that does make sense. But me not being like living in, in Jap- uh, Japan and being American, I'm just like, oh, this is so because I tried. I was like the first 20 minutes. I was like, OK, 
Okay. 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 I don't oh think my you goodness. tried. What? I don't. I think the uh, first five. No, I literally you did. Tried. <laughs> Maybe I was just really tired. No, I I literally got to um the when the, the first guy's head got chopped off. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know, I I got there, and I was like, I was I was forced myself. I didn't fast forward <laughs> anything. I was like, there's got to be something. But after that, I was like, oh my goodness, what is the deal? And that's when I fell asleep. Ah. And then from there, I got back up, and then I fast forwarded. Like, okay. But um, get to the very end, and I saw that, and then I started, okay, you know, one month earlier, and then I realized, oh, this is it. So it, that was redeeming in the end, but I w- – so let me ask you, how many more times in your life will you watch this movie? Oh, easily 10, 20 times. Like, the first time I watched it about a month ago, I rented it, and then just yesterday, I bought it on Amazon for nine ninety nine, and I watched it once, and I'm probably going to watch it again. I absolutely love it. It is so much fun. <laughs> To watch again, knowing what's going to happen and why things happen. I loved it. And did you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score on this? So I didn't. The only thing I did look at was how much they cost. So I think it cost like $3 million to make. And they made in the, right now like $26 million or something. like. Sorry, $3, three million yen. And they've made $26 million total so far. So, um, But yeah, what about the IMDb or the, the Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, uh, about 75 critics scores, 100% from critics, and hundreds of audience and 83% of audience. So you are in the minority for sure. I, I am glad to be in the minority <laughs> because I fell asleep. I was I literally passed ashamed. out. The Matsuhashi <laughs> name. The Matsuash game has been put to shame because of Dusty's feelings about this movie. <laughs> oh my good! But you know what's what's great um, oh, is a little the yeah I know I noticed that um, it'll it'll eventually come back because yeah. that's what happens to my camera as I move around. But it'll come back. So as I was watching it though, once I got to the end and I saw oh and uh, the director his wife and the daughter inside of their um, uh, their house or like like little apartment like it's literally. I don't know what. Um, it's a, that's uh, a standard. Two hundred square feet. It's tiny. It is. Yeah. yeah. So everything else, I was like, oh man, I know exactly what they're doing. I know exactly what TV they're watching. I know because I, you know, we've been to Japan so many times now. It's it was rather fun to watch. And I remember like our cousin um, um, uh, Naoko. I've been to her house and her family's house. It just reminded me like that. There's a the mother and a father and a daughter, and so it literally reminded me of them and at their house that where they live. It's like a little. 200 square foot place with a little tiny little couch and a little tiny little kitchen. And then that's it. So that, yeah. So it brought a lot of memories, a lot of thoughts to my head. Yeah. So you didn't feel any uh, bits of nostalgia while watching this movie. I mean, from all your trips to Japan or anything and hearing the Japanese language, uh, no nostalgia factor for you. So yes, absolutely. I, I definitely did. And what's, uh, uh, definitely. I think it was just the, the drudgery of getting first through the first 30 minutes. That was just really, really hard. I got you. So I have this, you know, well, you know me, right? I, you and I have gone to so many movies and like whatever, uh, the dead one with, uh, with a Bill Murray recently. I, I can't remember. There's so many movies that we've gone yeah. to see that I've watched the whole thing because I watch it in hopes that it's going to turn out good, right? That something amazing is going to happen and it's going to be enjoyable. And then I can share it with you, that kind of thing. And this was one of the movies I thought you would have made a flip on it, you know, and ended up loving it like I did. But So uh, for everybody watching on YouTube, I apologize. My camera is literally uh, screwing up. But, oh, well, we're going to move on. The show must go on. That's but right, here's just like this movie. <laughs> 
So honestly, if you did not give it like the, the thumbs up and say, we have, I've already watched it. We have to watch it. If you did not give the thumbs up, I would have stopped watching it. I would literally would not have gotten to the end or I would not have rented it. You know, it just like, like I wouldn't have done, never have done it. But, um, yeah, now I'm looking back as I was, we're talking about it. Yeah, I'm definitely nostalgic. I definitely think of all the things in Japan that we love to do. Oh, and pausing that, I want to pause this. So you guys are, you and your wife and your kids were going to go to Japan. You decided not to. Um, but how many times have you been to Japan and how, how like, I know you lived there for a while too, but talk to us a little about your experience in Japan. Yeah, I absolutely love Japan. We, you and I have been there each like four times each, but I stayed at one point for a year and a half while I was teaching uh, English to Japanese students. And I taught at a, um, uh, at a, I don't know what you call it, just as at a company, at a school, like anybody can go in and sign up. I had students anywhere from 15 up to like 75 years old, housewives that were retired, uh, uh, businessmen that were going to work that were learning Japanese for business, you know, international travel, that kind of thing. And so I just absolutely love Japan. And one movie that you and I talked about before, that Bill Murray going to Japan, I can't remember the name of that movie. You absolutely hated it. But once again- Lost think, in translation. Yeah, lost in translation. I think I enjoyed it just because I'm just such a fan of Japan. Of Japan, I felt all that nostalgia for it, and I like the Japanese language. Whereas, whereas you might not know that much of the language, I can understand quite a bit. So I can hear, and then what I'm reading kind of confirms what I'm understanding. And for you, maybe the subtitles are a big detraction for movies like this. I don't know if it was necessarily that it wasn't really the subtitles. It really wasn't that, but it was so horribly made. I don't say horribly made because you could tell it's it's thought out. They really thought out the entire movie. But that first 30 minutes was so like just rough because maybe because it was you were telling me, hey, they're they creating a movie and then they actually get attacked by zombies or something like that. And I was like, oh, man. OK, but then I hear I'm thinking they're actually it's actually making this movie. This is. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess I just can't get past it. Gotcha. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think I can't. Yeah. So I didn't remember telling you that ahead of time. I think it maybe it would have been best if I would have just told you it's like. An incredible zombie movie. Maybe that's all I should have said. Well, even then, I don't think either oh. way, I think you would have had the same reaction no. to it. It would have been the same thing because you're like, it's a Japanese movie and, you know, it's a zombie movie. It you just gave me like they're recording it, but they also get attacked or something like that. That's that doesn't it was how huh, it was just such rough acting and such rough every, everything that I was just like, oh, my goodness. OK, so let's move on from me not, you know completely uh, uh <laughs> grasping onto it yep. um so i did like though i'll talk about some redeeming factors was i did like the the director like you said growing and changing i did like how his his daughter who was literally like uh, i don't know crazy it's crazy as mom but like you see how the mom gets crazy and you see all the reason why she pops up out of the middle of nowhere you know all the, you you see what what happened in the past and the reasons why it was just like, that's just weird. And just like for them hearing the door, you know, get hit. And they're like, what was that? And they're just pausing they're literally for like 10 seconds. They're just sitting there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> How awkward is 10 seconds? 10 seconds is, it feels like a short, but with, when you're watching something or listening to something, if it's we just pause eternity. for 10 seconds, it is a very long time. And so I'm just like, Oh, oh yeah. good. So, I did like, though, like I said at the very end, how they summed everything up, wrapped everything up in like a nice little bow, and people change, people grow. I did think that was really good. Yeah, 
I agree with you there. Um, so, so some of the other things I really liked about the movie was, um, like you had said, all those, all those, um, uh, like weird, awkward moments and stuff. I liked it at the one point when the, uh, uh, the male actor Ko or Kai, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. The male, you know, the, the love interest, I guess, that turned into a zombie at the end. He, uh, he was sitting there in a chair. He got up. Looked around and sat back down again, stuff like that. And then, and then, like you said, when the mom got up and she goes, "What is that?" and, ah! and she screams and falls down again. At the time, when you watch in the first act, you're all, "What is happening?" What? Because I did not know they would go into a behind the scenes kind of a thing. And then when it gets explained, everything just pays off 100%. No movie is paid off things that happened earlier in the movie. It's never paid off quite like this one for me. So that's what I absolutely loved. One of the things I absolutely loved about it. Like you said, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, they, they did like, they summed everything up and they made that, um, like, and what I think also a big, uh, at the very end, the human ladder, you know, where the daughter comes up with the idea, how many people and all that sort of stuff that really helps like the camaraderie. Everybody's getting together. You see the producer in there on the, you know, in the ladder as well. You see the daughter getting up and then what, you know, it touches you in the heart where, uh, you know, the millennials will say, I'll touch you in the fields or whatever like that. Um, where the daughter is, you see a picture of the director and the daughter holding the camera. It's the exact same thing of her being held up by the dad holding the camera for that last shot. And they worked so hard to get it. And all the things they had to overcome, it was really good. Really like, so that if you just had, obviously you had to, I don't say had to, but like the first 30 minutes led up to make sure that the last 30 minutes was really, really good or it makes you really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, the last 30 minutes definitely redeemed everything else. In the middle there, that middle was the middle act. You have to have the middle act to build up the, the third, the climax. That really redeemed everything. It made it much, much better. Good, good, yeah. Um, so let's get into life lessons right here, and we might talk about some other stuff in the movie throughout, but um, my first life lesson is improvise, adapt, and overcome. And this is what they had to do. They had so many challenges, right, from, like you said, the drunk guy, the drunk uh, cameraman actor, to the the couple or whatever, the director and the lead uh, makeup woman not showing up. So then they just had to overcome those issues. And it's great that they just had people on staff that was able to do those things and they improvise and they adapted in the moment. That's a really good life lesson. I mean, when life throws a lot of crap at you, you can think about what you have available. Your life experience can lead you into solving the problem at hand. I agree. And I absolutely love that idea that, um, and the, the outcome, people don't necessarily know the difference. Obviously, you're going to see like us when we're watching, like what is what's happening there, but they don't know everything in the background. And so, like the main lady, the lady, the producer that either has all the money or whatever that's putting all this on, the one that looks like a cartoon, you know, the, the, the old lady. Oh my goodness! Like she was like, wow, is she coming out of a comic book, like a manga? It was like, wow, it was interesting, but. She was like, "Hey, it worked out perfectly. Everything worked out great." Because she, they don't know what's going on, and that's something also that adds into the fun aspect of the story is that a lot of people, even though they had like some quirks, like what, what's, what's, what's taking so long, and you know, like what happened there? Why was that? In the end, nobody's going to know any difference. Like, like, hey, this is just you know, we pulled it off. So yeah, absolutely agree. So the next, uh, so my first lesson is never listen to Sky when he says go watch a foreign film i'm gonna say no i'm never doing that again oh that is a terrible lesson to take away from this you need to rewatch it you rented it so you still have 24 hours or whatever you've got to re-watch it again to really wrap your mind around the story and fall in love with one cut of the dead because this mo- this movie deserves your love it, it okay so 
should I follow the the logic of okay, yes, listen to Sky, or would it be fool me once, shame on you; <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me? Nope. This is the kind of movie that I think will grow on you, Dust. So you need to be watching it. Um, but that's that's <laughs> okay. That's, I, I have to completely disagree. And your first lesson is bunk. Nobody listening to Dust on that account <laughs> right there. All right. So uh, my second lesson is constraints or constraints or restrictions force you to get creative. And then so like they were on location, nowhere the help, two hours away from Tokyo. They couldn't get any other actors in. So what are you going to do? Well, you've got to use the two people that know the script the best, the director, the actual director of the show. He's going to step in to be the director. And the woman that's read it 100 times behind his back while it's sitting there on the coffee table, she's the one that's going to be the makeup artist. I mean, it's absolutely perfect. You got the drunk guy falling down. Well, we need him to be a zombie in the shot. Let's see what we can do. And the director gets behind him, you know, uh, uh, is controlling his body like you had said and stuff. So much good stuff. And, you know... um, they had the whole problem with it looked like the the male producer can't remember his name he was about to put put on you know put it on hold um told told the guy to run the card and then the daughter stepped in and said no we can do this right so it, it truly is like when you have those restrictions when you have those challenges there's always a way to solve the problem you don't just quit and give up right yeah yeah i think that's right and i i mean it does go along with your your first lesson that um you you just keep going. I, I, I've always been a firm believer that you just want to keep going. You want to make sure that you are um, adapting and then you're also persevering through it. I know so many things come to me that are really good because of patience and because of perseverance. So that would be my um, second lesson is as you're going through this, you're realizing they were really uh, they they pushed through it. They didn't give up, mm-hmm. you know, and they they were patient. Going, I'm not saying they had patience, but they persevered through it. Even through all the challenges, they absolutely pushed through it, and they made sure they did the best of what they had. And in the end, it worked out. The lady that was the you know the the money maker or the money uh, person was happy with it. So yeah. I think that was good to go. Good, good. Uh, my third lesson is when you want something from somebody, just massage their ego a little bit. So right before they actually started filming with a new director and a new makeup lady, that male actor, Ko, was saying, hey, uh, I don't want to do this. I don't think we should persevere. You know, this is uh, this is art. And the guy said, no, this is a television show, but you're the star. This is all for you. We need you to pull this off, right? He massaged his ego to get him on board uh, to deal uh, to to cope with the changes. So what was the lesson? Massage somebody's ego? Yeah, when you need something from them and they don't want to help you out, massage their ego, you know, let them know this is for them. They you can't do it without them, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I don't know if that is um I, I would word it something different. And again, I I, I want I'm gonna t- piggyback on use that for my third lesson too, is I love the book How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, there you go. Um so yeah, so not just like massaging their ego, but showing them the benefit for them. That's the number one thing. When you're trying to negotiate, when you're doing anything with somebody to get them to do what you want them to do, you help them to make it think of their their decision that they came up with it and then they'll buy into it. But before that, what you do is you also show them the benefits for themselves so that they, in the end, they're going to look back and say, you know what? The reason why I did this was because I wanted to do this. And these are the benefits for me. If you always go to somebody and say, you should do this because it's going to help me. It's going to make me more money. It's going to do this for me and me, 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 me. They're like, I don't care. I only care. Really. I mean, I want to help, but I care about myself much more than I care about you. 
So if you make somebody else see the benefit for them and how it's going to make them look good, pay off or whatever it might be, that's going to be in the, in the end, the best thing for you. Cool. Yeah, I like your lessons actually better than mine. I really love the wording of that one right there. Uh, let them see the benefit. Uh, let's see. My Monday morning quarterback is because you're on location. You're two hours outside. This is a critical time. You need to get it done in this 30 minutes. They should have had understudies. Maybe they didn't have a lot of money, but they should have had understudies for each and every single role. I completely agree. But I mean, essentially, they, I wouldn't say did, but they you know, pulled it off. Yeah. But yes, they absolutely need understudy. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's uh, by far, it's basically a backup plan. You're, yep. you're ready for in case anything did happen that was wrong. Just like when they were running around in the outside, you know, they got inside the van, then they jumped out of the van, and they were running around, they one person fell down. And then some, the next person grabbed the camera and started taking off with the camera. So yeah. they already knew what was supposed to happen, and they were able to pick it up and move on. Yeah, she was basically a cameraman understudy in this instance. Cool, B. So uh, let me see. Oh, the last thing is the prop. Is Were there any props that you would take away from this movie? So it would definitely be the hatchet. That's, you know, you're going to remember that. So I'm kind of torn between the actual hatchet and the hatchet that was attached to the mom's head. You know, and made her look like she was, you know, uh, uh, had the action, a hatchet to the brain. Um, so I'm kind of torn between the two. Which one do you think I should take? Uh, I would take, if I were you, the one, the hatchet to her brain, you know, with the, so I guess with the bandana wrapped around it, I guess. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I'm taking that one. How about you? Cool. I would take the sound guy's head when they chopped him off, the guy that, you know, had diarrhea and stuff. I'll take his head that they threw in that first head that chopped off. Have you ever been so out of it because you're thinking of something like that one diarrhea guy, like he literally could not function. Like everything was so turned off that he could not do anything but have to go to the bathroom. Like it's like, I'm just going to get up and start moving now. I'm not going to do anything other than get up and start. I got to get, I've never been like that. How about you? Uh, no, I haven't either. Not that I can think of at least. Um, but uh, uh, possibly, but here's the thing. He demonstrated throughout the second act that he's kind of like narrow-minded and one-focused. Did you get my email? You got my email, right? I told you this. I emailed you. I can't have hard water. All that kind of stuff. Like he's narrow-minded and focused. He can't think outside the box, right? And then so when his bowels are hurting, that's all his mind is going to be focused on. So that's just the kind of guy he is, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So what was your favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene was up on the rooftop when they knocked her out, when they knocked the mother out and then she, you know, she fell and then, and then, so that part leading back to when they got back up there again, she jumps up and goes, what? And she screams. And then when, uh, when Chinatsu or Chiatsu, uh, 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 hit killed the director. So like the whole last 30 minutes was great because it paid off everything earlier. But that one small part up on that part of the roof, when she was screaming for like a full minute, looking into the camera, just screaming the whole time, <laughs> you're all, what is going on? Come on. What, we want to see what's going on behind her. And then eventually you find, you, you know, you see it paid off. I absolutely love the payoff, that whole scene right there. I remember when I, the first 30 minutes where you're seeing her just screaming and just screaming and just screaming. I'm like, what is, go- this is, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's just all that just really made it hard. But for me, the favorite scene for me was them running over there and creating that human ladder so that she could actually get the last shot. Like mm-hmm. everything culminated. Like they, they always like I, maybe it seems like directors are like that. Like we have certain things we got to get. And this was one of them. They had to get that last shot. 
and they figured it out and made it work. And it obviously worked out really well for them. So that was my favorite scene. And plus you get the picture of the daddy and the daughter, you know, working together. I thought that was really, really touching. Yeah, good. I do too. Uh, so before we get to next week's movie, does any last words about one cut of the dead? No. Um, if you want to brave through watching One Cut of the Dead, get the perspective that, you know, you're going to get through the first 30 minutes and it's going to help you to understand what the last 30 minutes or sorry. Yeah. Getting through the 30 minutes are going to help make the story better in the long run, because if I would have had it, I, I'm kind of assuming that because I, I don't know, because I didn't know the trailer. I didn't know anything about it beforehand. But I'm assuming that if I understood that the first 30 minutes just get through it, the last 30 minutes are really going to pay everything off. I might have had a better like, okay, let's just make it through it. And then I know it's going to get better. Once I saw that in the middle, it started changing. It's a different story, um, you know, 30, 30 days earlier. That was that was like, okay, now I can kind of relax a little bit, not be so irritated. But uh, yeah, so anybody that's watching it definitely have a perspective that you're going to be able to progress through it. Uh, I got you. Not, you know, good advice coming from somebody who did not like the movie at all, you know? So uh, one last thing, Dust. Well, I would give this movie an A+. I absolutely loved it. And I'll watch it again. I recommend it to anybody. But what grade do you give it? So since this is a Don't zombie movie. Don't shame the Matsuhashi name. <laughs> Since this is a zombie movie, and I did learn palm, <laughs> I learned that palm lift your arms up, and palm apparently gets you out of being attacked. If everybody, if you haven't watched this, you're like, what in the world is Dusty talking about with palm? Apparently, that's a way to get out of being attacked by somebody from behind. They're grabbing you around. So um, that palm thing, I learned that. So because it's a zombie movie, I'm not going to give it an F minus. I'm going to give it a Z. I'm going to give it a Z and it's not going to be a Z minus. It's going to be a straight Z because the end did make me feel a little good at the end. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, that first 30 minutes was so hard to get through. So it's a Z. All right. So uh, what movie are we going to learn from next week? So I was so inspired by the Super Bowl ad that was the best Super Bowl ad I have literally ever seen. There's been a lot of fun ones like, you know, Budweiser, the frogs and stuff like many, many years ago. But the best Super Bowl ad I've ever seen was the uh, Groundhog Day Part 2. It was basically a minute and 30 second, you know, second part for Groundhog Day. Absolutely loved it. I love Bill Murray and these types of movies are fantastic. So I want to watch groundhog day as our next movie what do you think i'm totally down with that it's been so long since i've seen it but i remember just have i've loved it for years so i'm looking forward to watching it with kind of a different eye towards learning lessons you know because as you know from this movie most people who are watching this right now we're listening our to our podcast they've probably seen groundhog day before classic movie great stuff and Bill Murray learns a lot of lessons if i remember right through the movie so it's going to be pretty cool learning some of those lessons with him i think Yes, absolutely. And as you're watching it, I want you to go through and listen and think of the one-liners that are in there. You're like, he says things like, um, you know, hey, would you like to come to, to dinner to eat with us? And Bill Murray goes, no, thanks. I've seen Larry eat. <laughs> and he's like, starts eating his hand. You know, things like that. It's just, oh, man, it's it's hilarious. All the one-liners. I don't know if those are scripted. I haven't actually, you know, researched it to see if those are scripted, but hilarious. He's got so many great one-liners. And so this is classic Bill Murray. Now, the drama Bill Murray's are so rough, but 
I personally love the classic Bill Murray type movies like this. So I'm super excited. Good. I hope the audience is as well. And uh, speaking of the audience, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate your ears. And on YouTube, we appreciate your eyeballs. So if you want to leave us a message or if you want to tell us any uh, life lessons you learned or a different Monday morning quarterback from One Cut of the Dead, just go to our show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 89, and then leave a comment there. Alrighty, once again, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Groundhog. Oh, no, no. Well, hey, Sky, do it with me. All right, everybody. It's Rise and Shine time. It's cold out there today. You're supposed to say it's cold out there every day. Oh, it's cold out there every day. I don't, it's been so long since I saw the movie, Dust. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. And then we both say at the same time, it's Groundhog Day. Okay, ready? Okay. One, two, three. It's It's Groundhog Groundhog Day. Oh, that didn't what? work. Let's do it again. I'll say one, two, three. It's ground. Okay, ready? One, two, three. It's, it's Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. You're the worst. It's so bad. <laughs> one more time. Last one. And we're gonna leave this. It's gonna be edited. It's gonna. It's not gonna be edited. We're gonna leave this in. Okay. Last one. One, two, three. It's, it's Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Am I saying it too slow, or what are you doing? You don't remember in no. Groundhog Day with the? Oh, okay. Never mind. I guess we got to watch it. Don't but, they say it's Groundhog Day? Yes, but they say it loud. And it's like, okay, everybody grab your booties. This is on the people on the radio. Okay, everybody grab your booties. It's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. It's Groundhog Day. What, what am so, I saying different? You're like, it's Groundhog Day. Because the very day? first time I was saying it. No, because the very first time I was saying it, you critiqued me on it. So I don't know what to say. Oh, uh, because I maybe. Right no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Oh, it wasn't critiquing like like how it was the timing i'm like okay one two three and then maybe it's the internet like maybe it's slow but it like it was timing what, what maybe it's your fault <laughs> okay that's one true last time. okay one last time once again my name was sky and i'm dusty and we will return with it's, it's groundhog, groundhog day, day. perfect oh we gosh. did it <laughs> <Mom>. <laughs> <laughs>